This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about The Mandalorian Season 1. Alright, this is Star Wars' first live action TV show available on Disney+. Plus. This is not a commercial. No, that kind of sounded like one. <laughs> it's the flagship oh. show of the, the, whole, the whole streaming service, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and the Jeff Goldblum show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that show is a delight. He's a weirdo. Yep. Um, This show came out in 2019. Um, the so creator. Yeah, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, created by John Favreau, uh, starring Pedro Pascal, Car- Carl Weathers, Gina Carano, Nick Nolte, Warner Herzog, others. Uh, who? Rio Hackfield, like Gene Carlo Esposito. Yeah, um, and lots of different uh, little cameos. Lots of cameos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I also want to get into the uh, writing credits. I mean, George Lucas has a writing credit. I don't think that's probably just based on characters by. Yeah. Uh, but but Dave Filoni, uh, who also directed a couple episodes, he's the the guy. He's the George Lucas uh, protege. Is that the right word I'm looking for here? I don't know. Uh, the guy who's been under Lucas's wing for a long time now, helping develop the Clone Wars and Rebels and everything. So it's good to see him in here. A guy who actually cares about Star Wars. Um some of the directors, uh, like Dave Filoni, like I said, uh, we had Taika Waititi direct the last episode. We had Bryce Dallas Howard. We had Rick Fumoya, I think that's how you say it, and Deborah Chow, who I think she was my favorite of the directors so far. I agree. Um, and well, I believe she's doing the Obi Wan Kenobi series, although that thing's on hold now, so who knows what's going on. Hmm. How many did Favreau direct? Or did none. Just the first? He did none. Yeah. So he, it's still his baby, though, right? Yeah, he's the executive producer. He's okay. running the thing, but he didn't direct any. Okay. Writing and producing. He took notes. <laughs> he's like, what not to do? <coughs> hey, Lucas, what should I not do? Oh, right. Um, all right, well, I guess usually we talk about how we, you know, we none of us saw it in the theater because I was a TV show. We've all been watching it as it went. I think Scott didn't watch it exactly how it came out, but he's all caught up, and it's only been out for a month or so anyway. So I think we're... That's good for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just looking at when it came out, we're all excited about it. I think we all thought they were going to be hour long episodes. They ended up not being that. They were like thirty plus minutes. Some getting into the forties, but they weren't super long. But I think, other than it not meeting the expectation of being like Game of Thrones style long episodes, I think they were good length. I never, you know, they always had me wanting more and not dragging on. What did you guys think about the length of the episodes? I thought just about perfect. Yeah, they packed a lot into each episode, but it didn't feel like too much. Uh, there's only really one episode where I thought, yeah, they, they probably rushed this a little bit. But other than that, yeah, everything is good. Good timing, good pacing. 
it's when, you, when you've got eight episodes, you can there's time for stuff to breathe that yeah. you don't need hour plus minute episodes. Yeah, and then the other thing that I caught, I think, caught a lot of people maybe a little off guard is that the 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 middle couple episodes did feel more like filler episodes than um, one continuing story. But we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, during our lists. But um, that was something different. I wasn't expecting that. And they, I don't think they were true filler episodes because they were definitely filling in character moments and beats, you know, get, finding out background about the characters. But that was something I was not expecting um, when it came out. And, um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we get into our lists? Um, I did watch the first couple of these, maybe first three, in the UHD, 4K, whatever you want to call it. Um, and while it looked nice, I wasn't doing the special effects any favors. Oh, okay. So, just tossing that. It, did, it didn't impair, impede my enjoyment at all, but uh, still, still a little ways to go. <laughs> With the, the uncanny valley, as it were. Mm, all right. Um, all right, and this week there will be no crossover, so we're just going to be doing our 10, Boo. <laughs> 10 items from the episode, which we tend to do this more for Star Wars than we do yeah. other episodes, so I think it's on brand. Uh, so yeah, each of us are going to talk about 10 items from the movie, good or bad. Um, and since this was my topic, I will go first, and excuse me, guy got a cop. Hello? Sorry. I, almost, I you almost hit the mute button fast enough. <laughs> yeah. I know. I Sorry. It's like, oh shit, he broke his mic. <laughs> um, my number 10, and this is probably one of my few negatives, and it was the one episode I really did not like, and I, I think Alex did like it, but uh, maybe he can talk me into why I should like it. And it was that the Tatooine episode. Um, this is the one where they go and uh, there's that young kid bounty hunter and all that stuff going on Re- i just really not, yeah that's yeah. that's probably my favorite episode really yeah it's interesting okay. mm-hmm. um something about it just did not work for me and I, I mean i think it might have been like his act that little the boy actor or what not boy but young han solo guy i didn't like what's her face playing the the she was in her own movie that lady that was in the falcon watching baby yoda Amy Sedaris? Yeah, she felt like she was totally acting. There's a couple times in this series where I felt some actors just were acting in different... They felt more holiday special acting than it did <laughs> a normal Star Wars. I mean, in this one... Not all the acting was great. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's get that out of the way. <laughs> sure, but it just felt like it, they, were just, they took it in a different direction. It just didn't feel... Like I said, they were in the same movie. And this one, it stuck out for me, especially with that character and then um, or, and the, the boy... I don't know what I forgot what his name was. Um, yeah, well, it was cool to see, you know, the cantina and stuff. It was just like, yeah, I don't know, it didn't work for me. My least favorite episode, and um, yeah, I will say it ended with the cliffhanger of whoever it is that's to, who knelt down to the Phoenix Shan. Yeah. yeah, actually, I had a <laughs> I had a couple of questions after the honorable mentions, and that was one of them. I mean, I think it's Boba Fett myself, but I don't know. Boba Fett? Isn't right. Boba Fett dead? Yeah, well, that's what we need help from our uh, listeners no. who've watched shows. No one's ever really gone. Yeah. I guess that's one thing to mention. So the, the timeline in this is p- 
post Return of the Jedi, but way before Force Awakens, right? So this is the Empire yeah. has gone away or has been defeated. Um, the Emperor is dead or not, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, until the dead speak. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the Rebellion are, have won and they're starting the New Republic or whatever. So that's the kind of the time frame here. So yes, in theory, Boba Fett's dead, but in the books and stuff. So I don't know what's canon or not, but he was walking up and he had the Spurs sound effect, which has been a Boba Fett thing. So that's why okay. I think it's Boba Fett. Mm. Uh, and and also a belated spoiler for this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Right. That is Spoilers. True. Spoilers. Um, that was my number 10. Uh, Scott, why don't you go next? Number 10 is the... Some, some of the writing here leans very heavily into to certain tropes and uh and other uh plots from from other things but i did i did laugh at kind of the mandalorian quests so (laughs) it's they never really spell out like what mando has to do to which i didn't realize until like the last episode that mando is just uh just like a a nickname for mandalorians yeah, I thought that was just like the name that he went by. I, I realized it was reference to him being a Mandalorian. I didn't realize that's what they just call all Mandalorians. Um, but uh, in, anyway, that he keeps getting like these armor upgrades, uh, which which was cool that you had the the Smith the armor. Did, did she ever get like a specific title? I know she's credited as the armor. Yeah, that's but, just, or armor the armor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he keeps getting like these upgrades to his armor until he finally gets like the rocket. It felt like a video game almost, or, <laughs> or a, a long D and D campaign. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was a little, <laughs> a little on the nose. I, I, I don't know, but uh, it was still I mean, it was still cool for him to get the the armor and stuff. Okay, I have more to talk uh, more about this later. So. Um, what one thing though about about it though, and and it's uh one of my questions later so stop me if somebody has this on their list but what i i was unclear on what like his relationship with the other mandalorians was because he's he's a mandalorian and everybody treats him as a mandalorian like the other mandalorians do but he's not like a full mandalorian like it doesn't make any sense well he hasn't earned his sigil yeah, right. Like but but when he's it like, like a full fledged. Right, right. But he's like this legendary bounty hunter. Uh, well, like and he's been I doing think, this forever. Like, what was what else was he supposed no, no, no. to do? I, I think that's they just attribute that legend to every Mandalorian. So when they see like Mando, it, it could have been another Mandalorian but, that they saw like do something awesome. But then they see Mando from this series, and they just assume that it was him or it must have been him because they're so rare now. Well, there's that, but. He has this whole backstory where he ran with that other crew, where Carl Weathers' character, like, straight up tells him, like, you're the best, like, bounty hunter in the whole guild. Like, and it's him specifically. He knows that it's him specifically, not just some some generic Mandalorian. So. But, but what's, your, what's your question? Because, like, yeah, he's the best bounty hunter. He's not the best Mandalorian. Like, in the Mandalorian... Right, so that's, that's what I'm curious. Like, he, he was around... He was doing so much. Like, he was around for so long doing so much. Was it just that he, he started helping out the other Mandalorian? Like, turn, like passing along the... Like, I, I just understand because he... 
he's obviously like been a Mandalorian the whole time. So like, what was it he was supposed to do to earn his stripes, as it were? Mm-hmm. Just follow the code. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I. So my take on it was, yeah, he was not exactly helping out the community, right? He was a Mandalorian because he was, you know, raised that way and and all that stuff, and he follows that code, but he's not really helping the community. He was running, you know, in with spice slicers and whatever, whatever Star okay. Wars term you want to get. Right. I mean, and they allude to that he had like a kind of a darker past. Right, and it's you know, I mean. Spoiler for Rise of Skywalker. I mean, it's like a past, like they branch in with Poe, right? Like, I, I don't know. That's kind of why. And then he fell into the, whatever the good guys are called in the new movies. The resistance. resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was just rebelling, like in his teenage years, as it were. And, <laughs> and he was just went to find himself and he got into some I mean, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of what I thought, but I'm just, it seemed weird to me that he was just this kind of low ranking Mandalorian, as it were. Not that they had ranks. It seemed like the armor was really the only one with any real authority. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe well, I think we'll find... I, that was one of the things I liked about this is you just get a little of that onion unwrapped about the Mandalorian culture. Right, right. Yeah, that, yeah, I have more to say about that further on the list, but yeah. Okay, then I'll wait. Um, all right, Alex, what's your 10? My number 10 is that this show is... Almost deprived of the Force. There's some episodes in it, but it's not all about them. It's it, it, it's the show's like Jedi adjacent to like everything. It's not about the Force or Jedi's or laser swords or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, except keep... for the Baby Yoda things a couple times. Yeah, there is no, and there is a literal laser sword at the end. Yeah, one lightsaber, and that's it. <laughs> that's not even a lightsaber. Whatever the hell that thing was, no, it's a lightsaber. There's not a lightsaber. It is. There's a the... <laughs> there's a complete lore about it, and I learned yeah. this because I thought it was a vibroblade at first too. But it turns out it's uh, spoiler alert. We've already said that, but it's a it's uh, a black lightsaber with a black kyber crystal inside of it. It's called the dark saber. Yeah. So that see, this is where the Dave Filoni stuff comes in, where he's done all this stuff with rebels and Clone Wars, and so they're bringing some of that stuff in for the. Okay, so that guy... Oh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure but if he's Dark Jedi or Sith, but either way, he can handle a lightsaber. Well... Dark saber. That is... Mean much. I mean, yeah. You Han Solo cut, up a, yeah. cut open a con- Tauntaun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was Force-sensitive. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, I like that this show takes like a couple steps over to the right so that it's not so much about Force and Jedi and Space Wizards and stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think we like Rogue One, right? It's the same kind of thing. There's no Force at the very end. Yeah. Again, one lightsaber. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, there's lots of... Uh, new quotes and stuff from this series that I really liked. And um, right off episode one, I loved when he's bringing in that first bounty um, and he gives him the line, you know, you can come in warm or you can come in cold. I thought that's badass. Like that's a cool way you can say that. Like, that could be used in any kind of <laughs> uh, term now for yeah. uh, sci-fi bounty hunting. I love that. 
And then I never really got this. Nick, the Nick Nolte is it Quill? Yes, Quill. Yeah. Quill. Quill. He pronounces it Quill. Quill. His I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> I have spoken. And then uh, what is the Mandalorians? This is this is the this way. is the way. This is the yeah. way. Yeah. This is the way. So I like we've got some we got some new Star Wars quotes to add to our uh, collection. Maybe I'll do a Star Wars quote uh, thing for our <laughs> for our Patreon, yeah. which we should talk about. Let's just interrupt here real quick. Yeah. We have we have launched a new Patreon page, and uh, we hope you guys will join us up over there. Woo. Um, there are, our main show is not changing at all. But we have some extra bonus content, some new episodes where I'll be talking more Star Wars. Alex will be talking Simpsons. Scott will be doing book reports. And, uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll be allowing you guys to vote on uh, our episodes, like uh, top upcoming topics, so for the main show. So hopefully, you guys can go check it out. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Hans Shop first. Hope to see you guys there. Throw us a couple shekels. Hope keep this thing hosted. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much, guys. Um, that was my episode, my number nine. So Scott, what's your number nine? Number nine is Nick Nolte. Uh, okay. I it took me it took me a little while to like start stop being distracted. <laughs> so it was good and bad. I thought I thought he was actually doing some really good voice work. Uh, there's the the puppets really good. I, I thought it was funny that like the puppet actually kind of looks like him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, prosthetics. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some some really good puppet work. Um, I'm glad that they relied more on the practical effects for for, for most of that stuff. Yep. Uh, that's that's always Definitely. that that's always the way to go. Uh, that is the way. Uh, but yeah, the the multi character. Uh, you get this. I. I don't know if you'd call Nick Nolte an A-lister, but he's definitely like an elder s- statesman of, of the acting community, I guess. Uh, to get him to, to do this thing uh, is interesting. Um, but yeah, he, at this at this point in his life, like those pipes, <laughs> let's make for a good uh, alien puppet in the Star Wars show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just yeah. like that lady that smoked for 80 years so <laughs> that she could be Boosh. <laughs> and E.T. Yeah, and ET and uh, Eraser Face, blank the blank from Dick Tracy. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Early, early, not too long ago episode. Uh, yeah, and and it was a good character. I know Jeff said that it was hard not to put all ten as the characters in this. Uh, it was yeah, one I of know. the one of the standout characters. It was just this kind of old hermit curmudgeon that. Isn't mean, but doesn't really give a fuck about anything that isn't like <laughs> the the way that he sees it. <laughs> or blurgs. He likes blurgs. He likes blurgs. I mean, he 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 does have like that good streak in him where he does want to does want to help, but he he's gonna do it on his terms. He's gonna do it his way. That uh, yeah. it, it was interesting take on that character. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is like the old cowboy or the native american in the old western right yeah. just like this is my valley and right all that stuff it was really, really cool and and i love the fact that he's a ugnot but updated right i mean the ugnots and empire strikes back is probably just a 
Halloween mask. You know, like yeah, he's when it's. I like it. That was the, I guess for all the masks or makeup on this. Maybe you guys will talk about later. But it was, it resembled enough of the past, but they updated enough to be with today's tech and like you said, UHD and everything. If you were to I'm sure put close ups on the Ugnots from <laughs> that are checking out Han Solo and the Carbonite, it would not hold up to the HD and all the dialogue and everything. So, and yeah, I just like that they reused. An alien. They didn't just create a bunch of new ones. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number nine. Uh, I like the Mandalorian's weapons. Yeah. Because you don't, you, you know, before you see uh, Boba Fett's like that little snub-nosed rifle and his hand laser and stuff like that, but you know he he's got a bunch of other cool shit. Uh, so as they introduce uh, Mando's weapons, especially that fork like stun like electrical shocker thing from the uh, christmas special yeah or the holiday special Smash rifle that's right and the rifle that he puts slugs into you to disintegrate some jawas oh man <clears throat> no then, disintegrations that's why he made her told boba fett that now. see <laughs> then he's got uh the side pistol which i think he uses the most uh but other than that he's got those uh, little homing missiles as soon as he gets them. All right, these are rare, so don't use them all at once, okay? So what does he use them like 10 minutes later? I mean, he had yeah. no choice, really, but he just got them. Yeah. That was frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah, you got to save them for the final boss. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or you never use them like me and everybody. You always save yeah. them for the next thing. Yeah. And then the game ends, and you're like, fuck, I got 100 health packs yeah. here. Final Fantasy ends, I've got like 50 elixirs. I'm like, oh, I need to save these. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that flamethrower uh, that he uses a couple times. He roasts the stormtrooper with that thing. So cool. Uh, his trusty grappling hook, and uh, he eventually gets uh, jetpack. The Order of the Phoenix was it? Something like that. Yeah, is that where you trained in the ways of the Phoenix? I, I did like with the the flamethrower that it worked about half the time. <laughs> yeah, like he either wasn't able to get it off, or the thing he roasted didn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I love the fact that you could tell like this is John Favreau, whoever else. Like they looked at their toys as a kid, and, like and there's you know the molded on ammo clips and the mo- and they just well imagine it. What would these are be? And they just kind of made up shit for. It. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah, I I actually really like the. Uh... The, the footprint detector. That, like, that he had in his mask. It's not a weapon, per se, but... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah all the stuff that he... Yeah. He's, he's got detective vision like Batman. Like, I thought that was, like, the most Star Wars thing of of anything. Where, like, Star Wars is has always been a fantasy series, like, with, with some sci-fi trappings. Um, yeah. Like, and that, that's, like, the ultimate, like, how the fuck does that even work? It's like, eh, who cares? <laughs> he's got this thing that can see footprints. Yeah, it felt more predator to me almost than anything. Hmm. And it made sense like they were getting some use out of those helmets, other than just keeping their skulls being bashed in. Yeah, yeah. the only thing that bugged me, yeah, he had the high tech helmet, and then a couple times he's pulling out his little par- not periscope, but his little telescope, yeah. looking through it, which was you know it was star it was Star Warsy. There was digital displays on it, but that was felt weird. I think they called him Binox at one point. Binox. That's that's some great writing. <laughs> At some point, 
by Knox. Um, all right. On to my number eight. And I kind of already mentioned this. Um, but a couple of the characters or aliens just stood out for me. And like the, the, that's not being good. Like it, it brought me out of it. And also the very first one, his first bounty, when he's bringing in, was it Horatio Sands? Or who was it? Yeah, there's a few SNL alums in this. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And it just, it felt Star Trek y to me. It felt, I don't know, uh, I don't want to talk about Star Trek, so I won't single out a, a series. But just, he looked like he's like a fish alien, but he's totally talking with the normal, his normal voice. You can see his perfectly white teeth underneath. Like, it just stood out, and he's just joking. It did not feel Star Wars to me at all. If anything, I mean, bad Star Wars. It reminds me of some prequel stuff. Like, I did not like him at all. So I was a little scared because that's like the first thing you see. But then from that point on, it didn't happen too much. But I will say the waitress at the that place where uh, Baby Yoda's eating the bone broth, and that's when you meet the um, uh, what's her face, uh, Gina Carano's character, and he's like giving her a tip. Ooh, thank you. She just that character seemed really weird. As I already mentioned, the Amy Sedaris character. There's a few that stood out for me of not. You know, like the Mandalorian himself, he's so—I don't know—and and the Gina Carano character, and he said the Quill. <laughs> What's her name? I keep calling her. You're just naming characters at this point. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to say like the main characters: Mandalorian, Grief Karga, uh, Cara Dune, the client Quill. They're like they're in this show, but then these other people. The, the, basically, the, the the second players, the bartender, the, they just don't fit into me. And it felt weird. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Hmm. So, that's it. There's a couple negative things to say. Most of this is pretty good. But uh, that was something that really bugged me. Especially that first bounty that he brings in. Um. But all right. That's my number. Are, yeah. It just, like I said, felt eight Star Trek-y to me. Or, uh, not even, or like it's just a, a, a shitty sci-fi channel show. Um, all right, uh, uh, Scott, number eight. Number eight, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but the Mandalorian mythos. Uh, yeah, that's mine too. Um, I think I, I was thinking about this earlier today because uh, I had nothing better to do. Um, <laughs> I, I think the thing I liked the most about it was this is like the perfect way to to build on the Star Wars, all, all the different kind of dogmas inside the Star Wars universe without going back to the Force again. Like, yeah. like so, yeah. so instead you have this whole other thing and, you know, they, they come out and say it at one point that it's a creed. It's not, it's not a race of people. It's just this, like, warrior philosophy. Uh, and they... Religion. Religion. Um, yeah. Where they... You, you, you start to get bits and pieces of what it takes to be a Mandalorian, what they have to do to, to remain Mandalorians, like never take off the helmet. Um, well, not strictly never take off the helmet, but nobody has <coughs> right. No, no see, living, no living creature, no living can creature. Can, yeah. Can, can see yeah. it. Loophole. Um, although they do intimate that, yeah. <laughs> that, that he did bone Nymphadora Tonks at one point. So he kept the helmet on for that. Or just lights off. No, I think he still had to keep the helmet on. Like, I don't think there's any way around that. Well, I guess he can't see his face, so without getting too graphic. 
<laughs> there are ways. Um, That's right. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you can take your pants off in front of other people. Um, well, which head are we talking about, though? You know, that you can't see. This purple-headed warrior. <laughs> Into a quivering mound of love and pudding. Um... Yeah, just just to her sarlacc pit. Yeah, just how they had the, the armor, which seemed to be like the only again person of any real authority, and even she wasn't really telling anybody what to do. It's just you, like everybody just kind of deferred to her, and she was the one that made the armor. So she's like the most important person in the society. Um, that just it, it was a little muddy on like where the the code of honor lied because. Because he kills IG-11. Even though they had the, the agreement. Um, so it's, it makes me think it's more of a... You have to do whatever you think is, is right. Or what's the most honorable thing. Even if that does mean breaking your word. So it's not necessarily like you can never like break like some, some hardcore like samurai. Where you can never break your word type thing. Um, oh, there is some of that. Uh, you know, they when they 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 bail him out in the city, and it's all of them showing up, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, yeah. And the one guy before that had like had a knife to his throat was like, "This is the way." Uh, so yeah, just they you drop bits and pieces throughout the whole series about what the Mandalorians are and what they're about. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, I think, I mean, he's following two codes in this, right? He's got the Bounty Hunter code and the Mandalorian code, and he chooses the Mandalorian code over that. The bounty I feel like the code. Bounty Hunter code is a lot looser. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely following, like, keeping up with the guild codes for the most part. All right, Alex, number eight. Uh, mine was pretty much the same. I love the the expansion on the Mandalorian lore, as it were. Uh, but I did have a question. I didn't exactly catch why a lot of them decided to leave the way at the end. You know what I'm talking about? When they go back down to the sewers, like on the last episode, and they see a bunch of armor, and the Mandalorian uh, Mando automatically thinks that they were killed, and, you know... But then they find the armor, and she's just taking the pieces of armor and uh, uh, melting down to reclaim as many as uh, she could. I thought, I so what I thought, I, I you know what, Alex, I had the same thought at first. But I think what I settled on was that there there were Mandalorians that escaped. And the, the armor that was left were, were from those that died or were captured or whatever. That's what I thought. Really? Because she said, the line she said was, some chose to reveal themselves. Did she say that? I thought she did. Uh, I don't remember that. I'd have to watch it again. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'll, well, yeah. I mean, right, if they I'll were, have to go back if, and I mean, it because... it's it's kind of shitty because <laughs> if you're Mandalorian and like, let's say you get poisoned, right, and you can't move, and someone just takes off your helmet, then boom, you can't be a Mandalorian anymore. Like, that's kind of rough. Yeah, that's true. So if anyone got captured. Even though they f- were fighting to the death, um, yeah, that was it for them. But I think the thing is, you should never get poisoned. 
True. If you're a true Mandalorian. <laughs> right. But you see my point, though. Yeah. There's see, lots of yeah. loopholes for <laughs> the the best Mandalorian ever getting getting duped out of getting his helmet taken off somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, on to my number seven, which uh, Scott kind of already brought up, and I said I like this because it did does feel like a video game. <laughs> so you have the building of your armor, you have just the, the quest giver, right? You have Apollo Creed, just go in there and just handing out quests. Give me all the quests. Just click, 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 step, 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 step. I'll figure <laughs> them out later. I'll take. I'll read the test. I'll read the text later. I need to get the. I need to go. Yeah, exactly. There's the escort missions. With Baby Yoda. There's picking up... Uh, there's side quests. Let's go uh, meet these people to do a prison break. Let's uh, go fight the, the mini-boss in the in the ATST. Um, I I just... It definitely just felt like a video. The whole thing. And I, I have no problem with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For me, it, it worked. And I... And, it definitely, you said you have the escort quest, mini bosses, main boss, pick up characters, definitely upgrading your armor. Um, you were mentioning getting those little missiles and saving them for the right moment and uses them right away. Like, crap. It's like getting ammo from the B- for the BFG and just shooting the very first thing you see with it. And it's... <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like, yeah. Even in the last episode, I was like, oh, get, get your munitions up. I was like, oh, I guess we're going to get into a fight here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that yeah. that was that big of a surprise. But... Meet your character. Get a mount. Go across the desert scape. Um, those, what did you, the blurgs are pretty terrible design. I have to go out on a limb here and say. Blurg. They look like fish with legs. Yeah. Meh. I mean, I, they're, they're okay. They're not my favorite. Yeah. I don't know. Just compared to, like, classic... I mean, I guess it's better than Monkey Man making masks, but... Uh, Jeebus H. <laughs> it fails compared to a Tauntaun or a Dubak or whatever. Yeah, Dubaks aren't that fast, though. Yeah, well, these things weren't that fast either, apparently. Yeah, they were ask, jogging. That's Quill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too soon. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Scott, number seven. All right, so my number seven was the... Kind of in my notes, I have rotating rogues gallery. Uh, basically, a, a different, uh, I don't say villain necessarily, but rogue. Uh, so the the whole the whole show takes place in the the edge of the galaxy, as it were. Part of the reason why nobody knows what the force is out there. Uh, hmm. But yeah, all the 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 different rogues of the week. Um, there's some. There's a lot of fun ones. Uh, it goes back to little fun cameos. Um, you know, Werner Herzog, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, um, Ming Na, who's one of my favorites, uh, and and on and on. Uh, the Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr. <laughs> apparently, there's <laughs> is that what is that uh, some kind of like a pet or something? <laughs> apparently, there's there's a. a a Boston, a planet in Star Wars universe. People have Boston accents. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That 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 you know that was fun. All of them chewing on scenery uh, again. Uh, Natalie, Natalia Tana, um, Nymphadora Tonks or Osha, um, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan himself. Yeah, uh, I don't even remember the character's name, but 
uh, yeah, just, just a lot of uh, that, and even some of the um, the stormtroopers are. Do they they do a couple small things like the the guy with the flamethrower? Like, oh, this guy's evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even without the flamethrower, he's like, oh, this is one of the the really evil ones. Uh, and on and on. Um, even a couple of the bounty hunters that come for him, they barely get anything to do, but it's still fun because they all just look different from each other. Uh, so I look forward to the inevitable season two to see who else he has to, to go up against. Mm-hmm. It's filming now. Yeah. Yeah, until... Never mind. I will, I'll stay positive. All right. Uh, Alex, <laughs> number seven. Uh, my number seven is... Uh... A pretty long scene of the two scout troopers just shooting the shit, talking after they snatched up Baby Yoda. Yep, that's uh, higher that was... higher for me, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was great. It's good interaction. Both of them just talking. It's like, so what's in the bag? It's like, look, it's just don't just don't look at it, right? Well, you got to see it. It's like them just being you. You get a little slice of what it's like being a stormtrooper and how annoyed they are at their jobs. And they're trying to shoot the can far away with those little scout trooper blasters. And it's just way off. Neither one of them can hit shit, yeah. Yeah. I did not like this at all. <laughs> you didn't? It was too uh, meta. Oh, I thought it was great. I didn't it, it, it shouldn't be in-universe that the stormtroopers know that they suck at shooting, right? That's a joke we make no, watching. Well, they did, yeah, they, but they, that's because of those the scout trooper... Like little tiny guns, those are like highly inaccurate, even like compared to stormtroopers. Yeah, but that's not what they were saying. They were saying that stormtroopers, they were just basically so, showing that so, stormtroopers. So I, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was funny. Like the one guy shakes the gun, like <laughs> yeah, it starts rattling yeah. in there, like there's something wrong. Um, when when he starts talking about or they get the callback, I thought it was funny, but that there was a line that was too meta for me. Uh, was the oh apparently a was it like a an officer t- interrupted him and he got killed for interrupting him. It's like, uh... yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. It, it, it. All of that whole scene, like it felt more like, remember um, troops? Like one of the very <laughs> first fan films that came out. Yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. Maybe it felt more a, like that. Yeah. Maybe it was the tr- homage to troops. But yeah, but this is the show. Like, it, it it was funny, but it felt out of place, and I really didn't like the sh- the shooting. Like I said, that's too meta. It should not be in the series that they know they that they suck at shooting and showing it. Like, I don't know. So, so the two stormtroopers in that scene were at least voiced. Um, was Adam Pally? He's been in a bunch of stuff, but I don't know much of it. Uh, he did a voice on the regular show, Alex. Maybe you know, like different voices mm, for the maybe. regular show. Um, but the other guy was Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and they punch Baby Yoda, those bastards. Yeah. yeah. They're evil. <laughs> it's still funny. <laughs> he bites them out. I told you. Yeah. Okay. Um, on to number sixes, right? Yes. All right. And kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, too, but I, I like the time period they have this set uh, set in. Um, got dirty stormtroopers. Love them. <laughs> uh, but I like this. This is something that I... Like, the Thrawn trilogy takes place 
kind of around this time. I know it really has nothing to do with that, but I just like this. So the rebellion is they won the war, but they're still. You could tell, like at one point, Creed says, "You know, you take it up with with that the new republic," and he's like, "That's a joke." Like you know, they're having a hard time trying to establish government. I like that, and hopefully, in season two, we'll explore that a little bit more. Um, the, obviously, the emperor's well, the emperor's dead. Death Star two is gone. Vader's gone. But there's still remnants of the Empire around. And I, I just like that whole time frame. I love the, the dirty the dirty stormtroopers. Like I like that when he's when he's bringing in Baby Yoda to get his reward and they're, they're being just like dicks. Like that's kind of how I'd expect them to be. That so that felt more real to me than the just sitting there shooting the shit and not shooting shit. Um So yeah. The time period and just the the, the worn down post-war fallout. Like, I think that will be really cool if they explore that some more. Um, so that's my number six. Scott. All right, my number six was uh, a scene from the or sequence, I should say, from Jeff's least favorite episode, uh, the, the Gunslinger <laughs> episode, when they were on the dunes like going out uh, on the speeders. I thought that was fucking rad. The, that was a cool scene. Uh, that whole sequence where they're going over it, like that, that felt like so. They borrow a lot of like stuff from westerns, and you know some of, some of these westerns are borrowing stuff from Japanese cinema too, like the Wolf. Of, well, I don't know Wolf and Cub, but like uh, Seven Samurai for sure um, in the mm-hmm. Sanctuary episode. But uh, yeah, just it was like them getting on their horses, like riding out for the you know the, they were like two man posse. Uh, it just it just felt awesome, like them riding across the dunes. Like, I like that they they went back to the speeder bikes a lot in this, um, instead of having some new I don't know, like like they did in Rise of Skywalker. They had the uh, whatever the hell those things they were riding, uh, sand mobiles, yeah, or whatever sand catapult yeah. mobiles. Yeah. Ugh, they fly now. Wait, which ones are you guys talking about? From the ones where they launch the flying stormtroopers because they fly now. Oh, yeah. But what they're what they're using felt more like the sand skiffs from Return of the Jedi. No, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I just I just thought it looked really cool. Yeah. It felt cool. Uh, it's very Western feel to it. Yeah. Definitely Western. So yeah, the speed is on the dunes. All right, sounds good. Alex, number six. My number six is the whole uh, prison breakout episode. I love that that one. That might be my favorite. Wow. See, that, that's another one of my least favorite episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, it's so cool. You just go there, you get a job, you get like a little bit of backstory on Mando and some of his old crew. You get a couple, like, uh, some other new characters. You don't have to dive too deep into the backstories to get what they're all about. So it's uh, some great acting in there. Uh, plus Clancy Brown. And this is how you keep you, you keep a show, like, from getting canceled. You, you film it on the cheap. <laughs> so it's, like, one hallway, and they make it seem like it's a big thing, but they only film mm-hmm. in one hallway, and they're very effective. And this one, you actually get to see 
why Mando is like feared and well respected and some consider him a legend because he was a badass in this episode. He was. Like more than any other ones. The way he escapes with the robot walking by and then him silently taking out all the other guys one by one. Yeah, it's like a horror movie except he's the he's the Jason he Voorhees. The heroes, yeah. yeah. Go Jason. So what you about and then he finally about just, Bill Murray, yeah, turns the tape. He, he, he plays a good dirtbag. Yeah, he does. And he did. He did have a funny Jar Jar line or Gungan <laughs> line. We just can't take off the helmet or something like that. Yeah, see, even that one felt a little too meta for me. But I, I mean, I guess it's not. That's how he talks, and people would make fun of him. I guess, but I don't know. You can make fun of Jar Jar. I won't get upset. <laughs> yeah. Then at the end, when he. Uh... Uh, which we call it, the twist when he pulls the 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 X-wing to come in to take out the station, that was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, you're selling it. Maybe I got to rewatch this one and yeah. like it again. Swear to me, I, I, I spent the whole episode wondering, like, just, what the hell are those knives gonna do? And then she actually starts throwing them at him. I like, oh, okay, they're like vibro knives or throwing daggers or whatever the hell they were. <laughs> Both. Yeah. The fun fact: the the guy that she, the only human character, or human person on the the ship, uh, is the I don't go I don't know the guy's name, but he does the voice of Anakin in one of the Star Wars shows. Oh, okay. Probably Clone Wars. Well, that's the only show. But I wonder yeah. if they used if he was did both the two D animated one and the three D one. No idea. Yeah, mm. probably not. Probably just the the new one, the the, the Filoni one. Yeah. All right, Alex. Uh, no, that was just Alex, right? So we're on to my number five. Yes. And, okay, and I will. Uh, I'm going with the music for this. Oh, that's my number three. I love the music. Yeah, it was really good. It's different. It's not Star Wars. I think that's. I think I someone else said it's like. If you're not John Williams, don't try to do a John Williams score. And they didn't do that here. It's something totally different. I think Scott was already humming the, the, yeah. humming the song earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, at least the main intro. Um, really dug it. It's it, a little off. It's, it's weird, right? We're used to this epic Star Wars score. And then they did something different here. And it really stuck. It's got the Western vibe. But it's definitely the Star Wars theme. Not, not theme. It d- definitely had like an Ennio Morricone uh, vibe to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but with the sci-fi fantasy twist. Um, I yeah, mean, it's no really finger and Dan in the modal nodes, but it's good. <laughs> it's not jizz. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, they're not jizz wailing in there. It's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, the score, really good. And yeah, I just think you can't do, but don't even try to do it. Especially, this is, and this is not a big epic story. This is just a small part of the, the something going on in the galaxy. So I think it fits perfectly for this show. That's my number five. Scott. Uh, my number five is the mentioned the Mandalorian bailout. Uh, that that might have been the single raddest moment in the, in the whole series. Yeah. Uh, when all of a sudden the, the Mandalorians are in there, the jetpacks and they fly and they start wrecking shit, and then you you realize, okay, this is why <laughs> Mandalorians have this reputation for being badasses because uh, they they come in and they just start immediately kicking asses. Um, not much more to say about it. It's just, it's just cool. Uh, again, they all fly in, and 
the the one guy you know is near him and he and he says like oh you know this means that you guys have to leave now and uh he says this is the way like i, I love that going back to the mythos where they don't even think twice about it it's like well this other mandalorian is committed to this course of action so so are we now yeah Definitely. Even though they were at their throats, like a couple, like maybe twenty yeah. minutes ago, like oh, this is the way. Yeah, hundred percent agree. A little higher on my list. <laughs> so we'll go to Alex number five. Number five is just all the villains from Werner Herzog to um, I forgot the the Imperial guy's name with the Tie Fighter and the Dark Saber Moff something Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, Moff Gideon was fantastic. Uh, uh, the scumbags that he has to the well, the one brother that he has to break out. He's a real douche, <laughs> just willing to sacrifice everybody as long as he gets away. That was awesome. Yeah, they just really nailed the villains down. They did way better than Hux. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. All right, well, anything else? The, no, the end. I love the yep, villains yep. in the show. Already went through the rogues gallery. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my number four is the chase scene uh, with the Jawas on the sand crawler. <laughs> that was fantastic. I forgot about that. Yeah, I really enjoyed him, you know, chasing after it. He's got Baby Yoda in tow, going after we're seeing a sand crawler in motion. He's trying to climb up to it, and <laughs> Jawas are tossing, doing... Yeah, tossing junk at him when he's climbing up. <laughs> yeah, tossing everything they can at him. And he finally gets to the top. First of all, we get to see that there's... They have, like, they have like sunbathing up there. I don't know what they're doing on the top of a sand crawler. They got <laughs> yeah. little Living that and Jawa lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And he finally gets to the top, and there's just, like, what, seven or eight Jawas. To <laughs> Blast his butt off the top of the sand crawler. I thought that was. <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching that scene. Um, and it's a little. It's, maybe it's a little goofy. I don't know. But I got to see Jawas and they, they, they didn't uh, let me down. So the Jawa sand crawler chase is my number four. Scott, what's your number four? Okay. Uh, my number four is the Razor Crest. So. Okay. Through. Throughout the the whole show, they keep going back to... It, it's really just besides the outside of it, it's really only like the two set pieces. There's the, the cockpit, and then there's the... I don't know what to call it, the hold? Or the, 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 the bunks are, whatever. There's the, the weapons closet and the closet closet where Baby Yoda hangs out. Um, that's where he has all the carbonite people frozen beginning uh you know Wait, can, can i interrupt really quick there did it bother you that he's using carbonite to freeze his bounties yeah a little bit yeah but then they only they only used a... it in that one episode but yeah like it feels like okay that was like experimental an experimental thing they were doing in empire right for them, mm-hmm. And they had to set up this whole big thing for them for him to be able to distill it down to just something in the ship. 
Like, yeah. yeah, that seemed a bit much. And the fact that he never go never gets referred to again. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I was a little upset because yeah, in Empire Strikes Back, it's it's clearly this has never been done before. Vader, uh, Vader is using it just as you know, he's testing it on Han Solo because he doesn't know it's going to work. Um, but then I was uh, listening to another podcast. They were saying the same thing, and then one guy's like, "Well, yeah, but you know, just think about it. It worked. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt had his had it on display for everyone to see. Maybe people now are like, oh, it, it worked. It's a good idea. Maybe we can, you know, it's like an iPhone, just to make it better every year. And now they have a smaller version." <laughs> So I accept it now. All right. Because it's just cool, first of all. <laughs> but yeah, like it would have been it would have become known to all the bounty hunters that because of Jabba having Han on display, that this is a way you can now bring in your bounties. Whether you could do it on your ship the way, you know, he does it a lot easier than what Vader yeah. had to do with Han and Luke, but yeah, I don't know. Alright, sorry to interrupt, but continue. So um yeah it was just again the the two the two parts but um they they did a good job of working it into the the plot um into what was going on that it never felt i don't know cheap like alex mentioned the 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 prison ship where it was basically like the same hallway uh this you know it, it never feels tired um it helps Baby Yoda's like stalking around. Uh, yeah, this is cool. This is this is vintage Star Wars. You know, the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. um, was was an integral part of, of all three movies. Them on the being on the ship. Uh, so this is uh, a, just another ship to add to the, the Star Wars canon. Yeah. I agree. I wish there was a little something more asymmetrical about it. The other thing I love about the Falcon is it's not, you know, uh, it's, it's asymmetrical. I like that. That's the one thing in the prequels, everything's perfect. And this one, while it's run down, it's, it, this, the shape doesn't stand out. I mean, like if you saw a silhouette of it, it doesn't stand out. That's the only thing. But I, I, I agree. I think it'll get there. I do um, like that they, they do mention... Um... That it's it's such a like not necessarily old design, but just unused design that that the Imperials and the and the uh, Republic like don't really know about the ship. Like it's not something on their radar. Yeah, or even the what's his face Horatio Sand mentions that it's like pre something pre Republic, like. From the olden days, like it's an old ship. Yeah, you know what? I think I want to say that I... This is the same... Sh- it was... Oh, I forgot. Hmm, I'll have to look this up and maybe I'll talk about it. In yeah. <laughs> a Patreon-exclusive Star Wars talk. Uh, it's the same ship that Anakin and Padme take on in Attack of the Clones when they're acting as like refugees. and They're, they're hiding her on Nab- Naboo. Remember when those two, them two and, and R two go on that I don't, I don't remember. ship? I think it's this. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at that. Or people, let me know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. But I got some concept art books, and it looks a lot like one of the ships in there from the um, prequel concept art book. Okay. 
Um, mm. All right, but yes, I think we all agree we like that ship. Yep. So, so we're on to Alex's number three. Number four. Sorry. Uh, my number four is that I like that it's episodic. Like, not, there's an overarching story, but almost all the episodes, you can just, like, start watching it and be like, okay, it's like every episode, it's almost its own little self-contained story. It's not like I have to watch the previous episode or I have, oh, it's like, oh, I, if I want to get what's going on in episode four, I got to watch all the way from episode one. You know, it's not that big a deal because it's only eight episodes and they're short, but a lot of these series, like Game of Thrones... That we mentioned earlier and stuff. They're like really long. Well, now there's a whole collection of episodes. It's like, oh, who's this guy? What's this guy say over here? You can't just pick, like, come into it, like, mid-season and know what's going on. I like that you can do that for most of these episodes in this one. Um, You think so? Like, I felt this yeah. felt more like X-Files to me, where, like, some episodes are connected and you have to watch them, where other ones are, yes, standalone, like you're saying. Yeah. Like, let's th- think about the second episode, where he's, all of a sudden he has Baby Yoda and he's turning him in. Like, if you didn't watch the first episode, you'd be lost. No? Hmm. Even then, not really. I mean, I'd be curious about where he got Baby Yoda, but the the guy even mentions him. He's like, oh, this your prey? Yeah, I was going to turn him in. Okay, well, your ship's fucked up. The Jawas went that way. Because <laughs> that one, the whole story was getting his ship back together and doing that stupid favor for the Jawas that almost got him killed. Yeah, side quest. You yeah. come back, you think you think about the ready to... Fi- not a side quest. You think you're ready to finish your quest? Nope, got extended because now you need a, a part. Yep. Yeah, there it is. All right, um, we're on to my number three now, which you guys already talked about, which is the Mandalorian mythos. Um, I love that we find out it's it's not a people, it's a creed, which I was thinking. So this whole time, like when we were younger, before the prequels, Boba Fett was a Mandalorian. He's wearing Mandalorian armor. And then when the prequels come out, you're like, well, no, he's not. He's a clone of some dude who is whatever. But now maybe he could have... He is wearing their armor, kind of. That's, I don't know if it, if it fits in there. I think they're going to explain some of this. Yeah. But obviously, uh, Jango Fett had no problem taking off his helmet. So I don't know if he was not a true Mandalorian, if this creed didn't happen, this helmet thing happened after the prequels. Nah, um, I think it... Yeah, it must have still... Ha- Maybe he just decided to unmask himself. He was tired of being a Mandalorian. But then he yeah. just kept the armor anyways. Yeah. Or maybe he was a poser. Yeah, that too. Uh, um, I mean, Boba Fett sure was. And I was going to say, and then maybe Boba Fett, once his dad died, he would become a, a foundling, maybe. And maybe he does take up the the creed and does become a Mandalorian, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So I'm interested to see how this plays. That's why I do think... That those spurs, the, the, those feet, the, those boots that walk up are him, and I think I don't know. I, I don't know if I shouldn't think this because it's going to be disappointed if it's not that. But maybe he becomes <laughs> the big, the big foil for the Mandalorian. It's like it's his nemesis, and Boba Fett is a dishonored Mandalorian or something. I don't know, but mm. 
But anyway, the mythos, everything you guys already talked about, I love them explaining it, slowly revealing things. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more as it goes along. Um, one thing you mentioned in his sigil or his signet. Signet? Uh, <laughs> signet. Signet. So remember she wanted to give him the, the mud horn, and he goes, no, it wasn't a clean kill. He doesn't, you know, he's yeah, got help. assistance from an enemy. Yeah. But then she still gives him that later when the, the last episode and she gives him. Is it still the Mudhorn? Yes. And that's because now Baby Yoda is part of his tribe. They're a tribe of two. So he's not an enemy anymore that helped him out. It was, it turned out it was, you know, now they're family pretty much. Yeah. He's his boy. Okay. So I think that's why she changed her mind. She's like, you've earned it. Okay. Um, and then the one thing I want to, they keep talking about the purge, but they don't really, they don't get, they got into too much detail on that, right? Like, yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, that'll be interesting for them to see. Like, I'm assuming the Empire, uh, I don't know if it's the Empire or maybe pre-Empire, it's clones or the droids that go, I mean, they show the droids, right, actually? Yeah. It was a battle droid that was going at least, after At least for yeah. him, yeah. It was one of the heavy battle droids. Yeah. So I don't. Does this ever explained when at the end of Rise, not Rise of Skywalker, Revenge of the Sith, an Order X sixty six happens and the clones are bad now. What happens with the droids? He tells them to shut down, right? Mm-hmm. I think he still needs an enemy. So maybe he leaves some of the droids out there to fight. I thought him. I remember him telling like. One of the very first things Vader has does, he goes, tell all the droids, tell the wh- whoever, turn down all the droids, and then go to Mustafar and kill everybody. But I don't remember. I should watch those movies less than I have already. <laughs> um, all right. Mandalorian Mythos is my number three. Scott. Okay. Uh, number three was the <laughs> the scene that Jeff didn't care for. The uh, stormtroopers on the bikes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does, it does get pretty meta, but it was also pretty hilarious. Um, I, we already talked about this, but I, I loved how they couldn't hit the can or whatever the, the, the piece of machinery was from like 10 yards away with those pistols. Um, how they radio in and they're like, yeah, the guy showed up and he murdered everybody. And the, the one of them says, yeah, this is what happens. They like to show up and, and assert their authority basically. And, uh, the, then he checks in, and the, again, the, the guy says, eh, an officer was just killed for interrupting, so... <laughs> so they just have to sit there and wait. And then the IG-11 shows up and proceeds to murder. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I like that whole scene. I, I also like them just leaning on the, the speeder bikes, just kind of sitting on them. <laughs> Yes, I do too. They're chilling yeah, out, that's Max, it. and that's relaxing, it. all cool. Yeah, that part I didn't have a problem with. It was the some of the slappers, slappy, sticky stuff. All right, uh, Alex, number three. Uh, my number three is IG Eleven. What a great freaking droid character! And you think you've seen the last of him, and nope, he comes back, and he's done a face turn. Uh. Yeah, one of the few droids that Mando actually eventually trusts with his life. And that whole thing, you thought it was just a joke that Taika Waititi was putting in there about self-destructing. 
It's a big payoff at the end. It's just, it's just what a great character. He was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. IG-11 is uh, way more maneuverable than IG-88. <laughs> yeah. That guy was just standing and turning. Turning his head, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. IG-11 was awesome. I love the way he animated and he moved around and stuff. Fantastic. Definitely. I think I might have mentioned this in one of my offshoot episodes. <laughs> The only problem I have with it is if a droid can do this, like how did the battle droids not win the war, the clone war? If imagine that's one guy. What if they had a, they built a bunch of those as yeah, opposed to yeah. the battle droid? Yeah, HM about IG eleven being too yeah. badass. Like there have been two of those things that would have cleaned yeah. up the whole town. Um, but whatever. They're probably really expensive to make those where it's easy to make the shitty battle droids. I don't know. Well, he was pretty <laughs> quick to try and self-destruct. Roger, so Roger. maybe they all just self-destructed <laughs> because they didn't have like uh, a, a sentient being's ingenuity like Mando did to take over that gun. He's like, look, just don't blow yourself up. Just cover me while I do something. And then he did it. So maybe they're just prone to self-destructing. Maybe. It's like Futurama, they have a preset kill limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he did move really cool. The way his body would just spin around, and he's looking one way, shooting the other. I thought it was was very well done. <laughs> he's all rickety like a cantankerous old machine. <laughs> yeah. That's badass. Uh, like I said, I think that the, in the first episode, it was perfect. They a little maybe overpowered in the last... or second to last episode when he comes flying in on a speeder bike or I guess the last episode whatever it was mm-hmm. alright but whatever I still loved it. I loved every second he was on the screen and he was hilarious too so. well Quill knows how to program a robot he does mm-hmm. um, Jeff number two my number two has already been mentioned uh, when the Mandalorians show up to save the day uh, one of the few moments where I was actually pumping my fist in the air. This is badass. Uh, just yeah, I think everything Scott already said. Just them just coming, some flying in, some not. Uh, just taking care of business was really cool because I did not see that coming. I was like, oh no, the series is over already. Yeah, those Mando gonna get out of this jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ain't no way Mando's gonna get out of this. Jam. <laughs> um. Yeah, I loved everything about it. I heard some people complain they didn't like at the very end when he's flying away and one goes up next to him and gives him a little salute. (laughs) That was a little cheesy, yeah. But whatever. (laughs) I gotta get me one of those. And then he does. Yeah. Which, I think uh, a jetpack's bad news. That's what got Boba Fett and that's what got Jango. If you're lying in that jetpack, it's gonna get Mm you. But yeah, Mandalorian showing up to save the day is my number two. This is the way. Scott, number two. Uh, number two is... We, we pretty much touched about touched on this uh, and a lot of our stuff in these lists, but the... Uh, um, just expanding on the universe. Um, it was like the live action It's kind of failed to do this uh, past, past the original um, sequels. Yeah, they, they introduced new stuff in places, but it doesn't really feel like it's adding anything um, where, where this does. Um, you know, Rogue, Rogue, I think Rogue, the, the ancillary ones do to an extent. 
um, Rogue One and, and even Solo, but not to the level that that they're, that they're doing it with the Mandalorian here, uh, where we get to see uh, the bounty bounty hunters are all about. Um, you know, they they touch upon what's life in the galaxy now that that uh, the Imperials are, have been ousted and the the Republic's taken uh, the the helm. Um, get to see some of that. Um, obviously, the stuff with the Mandalorians. Um, yeah, they, just, they you get to see a lot of the a lot of the aliens come back in different interesting ways. Um, you mentioned Nick, the Nick Nolte aliens, whatever the hell they're called again. Uh, thank you. Um, you get to see a bunch of salacious crumbs being roasted, <laughs> oh, spit roasted. That was sad. <laughs> uh, the Jawas come back with a vengeance. That was funny. The Sand People, um, Trandoshans. That that was that was the Sand People thing was a cool scene with the uh, where he's like, "Tell them yourself," and they're just standing there, um, and they they go through the the hand sign negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just hitting up more planets again, uh, which wasn't that special, because um, really they go to like a. Like a tree planet, and then everything else just feels like desert. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's lava, I guess. Um, in keeping with uh, the, the Western theme for the for the desert stuff. Uh, yeah, and, and of course, uh, I have a little bit more to say about this, but um, a, a Yoda, whatever the hell those things are. Yeah. Uh, I, I even like uh, Gina Carano's character. How it's like... There, there actually were other people than than Jedi and and pilots like <laughs> they fight this war. Shock troopers, you know. They're not always just uh, yeah. The shock troopers. I'm like, okay, this sounds legit. Like this is the 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 rebels' answer to whatever the elite uh, imperial forces that there were. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something too. Just they expanded upon like the pre-existing stuff. Uh, in a very good way. Yeah, they they honored it and they built upon it, which I loved. All right, uh, Alex, number two. Number two is Baby Yoda. Because All it right. was it was just a shock, with when they did that reveal at the end, I was like, "What? What the fuck is going on? Holy shit!" And then there was no episode because it was on a weekly basis. Like, damn it, what's going on? <laughs> That was fantastic. That was an awesome reveal. I did not see coming. I don't think anybody else did. And uh, uh, he was cute. He was a good comic relief for for most of the show. Uh, I love the puppeteering work on this one. On this little guy. He was fantastic. He's eating the frogs and he's, <laughs> he's just choking down one but it escaped. Uh, sipping the soup. Yeah. It's, it's Eric's, my son's uh, favorite part. When Yoda sips the soup. And uh, even Carl Weathers gets into it. Yeah, there's the connection to the Force healing. But then he sees that they can, he can do much more with the Force in that last fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like the baby do the magic hand thing. He starts waving at him. He's just, oh, hi. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, he was adorable. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, when it... That first episode when he popped out, I was a little like, because hmm. Yoda that 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 species has always been so 
obnoxious. No, no. <laughs> Fine. Or I hope you not. That's so guarded, right? Yeah. That, that, and so I was a little, but I, he, he was so cute. And it was so funny that I have no problem with it. And I loved it. And like you said earlier, when those stormtroopers are hitting him in the head, you're like, no, fuck you, man. No hit baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, and when, uh, when Mandalorian turns him in at first, you're like, no. Yeah. Nice. All right. We're on to our number ones. And my number one is a big old cheat, but it's basically all the characters they introduced. <laughs> Because I didn't want to do him as my entire list, so Mandalorian himself, I thought he was awesome. I think it's it was bold of them to have the character, the main character, in a mask the entire time, and I think it works. Um, Baby Yoda is freaking adorable and cute. I love everything about it. IG Eleven kicks ass. Quill, we've already said so much about Quill. Uh, the client, uh, Herzog's character, uh, he's just he's a little creep and. Then one of the best lines is, uh, "Let's have a, let's have a libation to celebrate the end of our shared narrative." What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Everything about him was cool. The pain off with the that was another thing. The lore of the Mandalorians. Yeah. What was it? Best car. Yeah, the best car. That was really cool. Uh, the Cara Dune character, which we already talked about. Uh, grief. The Apollo character. I liked them all. Like there was of, of all the like the main characters. I think they all hit way better than anything in the new. This is not shitting on the new movies, but just you felt for these. I liked all these characters. There yeah. it is. He actually um, cared about most of them, all of them. Yeah, yeah, and especially the ones you're supposed to. Right, the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Quill too. Those those main three you care for them, and unfortunately we lost one. But I think that that's lost I like that. IG eleven, oh, that's true. RIP. Um, that I this it, is not going to be Game of Thrones. They're never going to kill off Baby Yoda or Mandalorian. I don't think. Um, but if some of these other side characters do go away, I'll, I'll appreciate that, and that means I like that. Right? You don't have to be Game of Thrones, but you don't also have to be. I don't know. Yeah, every Clone Wars movie ever, yeah, or whatever. Every character is going to survive. I I like that. Um. So yeah, that's it. All the characters and the actors behind them. Awesome. That's my number one. Scott. Uh, number one is Baby Yoda. Uh, pretty much steals every single scene that he's <laughs> in. Uh, again, great decision to go with the puppet. Um, basically everything Alex was saying. Uh, I I liked... I, just, anytime he emoted was was great uh like in the last episode when he's on the speeder and he's laughing as <laughs> yeah. ig11's like murdering people left right and center he's just laughing because he's on the speeder bike and he's going fast uh yeah the frog stuff uh i'm seeing him interact with all the other little kids when they're on the sanctuary planet or what not sanctuary planet but whatever the sanctuary yeah. is mm-hmm. uh yeah, just and it's being like painfully cute, <laughs> uh, and and I like that he's, he's still just like a kid. He doesn't know what he's doing for the most part. Like he knows enough that like, oh yeah, he can heal. But at the same time, he practically uh, murders uh, Cara Dune's character <laughs> just for arm yeah, wrestling. Oh, yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, interested to see what's going on. And now that he's going to be trained, uh, can you imagine if Yoda was a bounty hunter? <laughs> How cool would that be? Yep. See, I wonder for his little baby Yoda helmet, are, is he going to build in like slits for his ears to pop out of the helmet, or is he going to just have to bend? Yeah, I don't, back? I don't know how it works because yeah, because I think the Mandalorians are are a creed and not a race, but they all seem to look pretty much the same to me. <laughs> Well, no, those clip his ears. It'd be like a Doberman or something. <laughs> um, so wait, so the end of the the show, I'm trying to remember now. I know they're one, but isn't he going to take him to see other f- possible force people? Isn't that what they were uh, insinuating or no? Right, yeah. yeah. But the armor is like, you're also going to train him so he can protect yeah. himself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because so, I was kind of wondering if there ever was a part of this show where they was like he was going to eventually drop Baby Yoda off. Like I thought that at the end of Sanctuary, I thought that might actually be a thing. Yeah, where me he too. Does leave him there? He can go do some hardcore bounty hunting, and then you know he'll come back to Baby Yoda throughout the series. But no, it sounds like yeah, they're partners and they're going to be together through the whole thing, which I have no problem with. Yeah. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is Mando himself. Such a cool character. Uh, there's legends around him, and you get to see him be a badass. But you also get a, get to see him get the shit beat out of him. So, he, yeah, they rely they rely on that armor a lot. Yeah, so it's probably part of uh, what makes him legendary. Is just they can make the best armor, and laser bolts just bounce right off it, pretty much. But that mudhorn really does a number on him, and even the. Uh, the whatchamacallits, the Blurgs, they're about to eat him alive if Quill hadn't come to save him. Yeah. By the way, I like, so whenever he gets that first piece of this, the pauldron or whatever, the very next scene, I think he takes a shot right there in the shoulder. Like, <laughs> oh, that's convenient. It's uh, laser bolt proof, but it also attracts laser bolts. <laughs> like a magnet. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, Mando, great job. Uh, just acting and emoting, and you can just with like a tilt of his head, or like when he turns to look at somebody, you kind of you get the feeling you know what he's thinking, and you don't need like overblown like motions or anything like that. Just simple body movements are enough to convey character. It's fantastic <laughs> subtlety, something that some of the newer Star Wars movies just didn't have. All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? I have one question at the end, but other than the other, uh, yeah, I like the way it takes yeah, out that think... Tie Fighter at the end. Fucking awesome. Yeah, pretty much covered it all. Okay. Uh, my one honorable mention would also be the the ATST with the red eyes. Oh, that oh, was that pretty was cool. cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So my one question is the very beginning. So. We meet Baby Yoda, blah, 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 blah. But why was Baby Yoda in that fort? Why were those guys protecting? Like, do you think that's ever going to be looked into? Or is that just like we're supposed to expect, okay, Baby Yoda was just in a <laughs> a blue egg, uh, big egg? and Yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, that gang kidnapped him from somebody else. Or maybe he was being cared for. 
Or maybe they just found him. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that does seem kind of weird. Like, right. why was he oh, there yeah. in the first or place? Or maybe the Empire knew, already knew about him, so they stole him from, like, an Empire, like, some sort of transport or something. And that's why they wanted him back. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And then what do you think they... They obviously extracted something from him while they, while they had him in custody. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with that? Are they going to... Gonna inject midichlorians into somebody else. They're gonna make force users. You think that's kind of the goal? <laughs> I have a feeling that might so. be something like that. I don't know. I'd be Just like experimenting. Yeah, unlocking the powers of you know more force sensitive. Maybe since Moff, what's his face? Gideon. Yeah, Moff Gideon. Force user, right? Well, I don't know if we know if he's a force user or not, but he has the dark saber. Yeah, but I I don't know. I, I don't know enough about yeah. anything of the Clone Wars. I just know that's a thing. I know. I gotta watch the Clone Wars now. Maybe that's something we can do on the Patreon. Yeah, I'm trying to get a list of just the good episodes because. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before, but some of the the animation is just nails on a chalkboard for me. Like a lot of little things that's just really annoying about the way they animated all the shows, and I get it. They, it's a weekly show, and they have to animate all this shit really fast and cheap, and but ugh, awful. <coughs> Excuse me. And they make um, Grievous into a fucking chump. Ugh. Uh, I was gonna say. I know I mentioned this before, and I think Daniel on the Facebook page had had been, had give his gave a list, or maybe he did it through Scott or something, but. Yeah, I, I really would. Yeah, I've tried to watch them, but some of them are good, some of them are bad. Yeah, there was a list. I don't know. Something we should look into. Yeah, just... If anybody has a good online list somewhere of, like, the good, like, story arcs in the Clone Wars, because I don't want to watch all of them. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being absolute garbage, 7 being perfection. Um, I'll give this a six. Best anything, nothing's come close for a six for me in Star Wars in a long time. Yeah. So this is easy. It's not a seven. Like I said, it has a few issues that I have with it. Um, but an easy six for me. Scott. Okay. Um, so, hmm. Tough for me. I'm not the same level Star Wars fan that you guys are. Um, but yeah, it was fun. This is the flagship of the whole Disney thing. So, uh, still a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, it's easy to get through all the episodes. So I'll also go to six. All right. Alex. Yeah. It's an easy six for me too. No question. So good. It lived up to the hype. Uh, I don't, I hope they don't blow it in the second season. Uh, I don't. I hope uh, Abrams doesn't make good on this threat to try and direct an episode. But then, no, actually, Abrams directing, not writing. Abrams directing would be okay. Yeah, I'm but as long as yeah, just don't write the movie and don't hire the guy from uh, Dawn of Justice and Justice League to co-write it with you. Yeah, leave the writing up to. Uh... The guy Favreau and Filoni, as it is. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it. So it's uh, time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. 
sports ball? Uh, gonna keep it short, and because uh, everybody's still reeling from the loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna Bryant, and everybody in that awful, just helicopter crash. Uh, I know it reverberated. It's still uh, across, you know, many nations, not just here in LA, especially. Uh, so yeah, mourning the loss of uh, some would say an NBA legend. Yeah, just again tragic. That, you know, his daughter mm-hmm. was a, uh, you know, well, families are wrecked over this. The other people passing away on the, on the helicopter. Yeah, it, definitely everything you guys said. Um, yeah, it, it hits close to home. So if people don't know, he and pretty much everyone on that is from Orange County, where we all live. And yeah. they're taking a helicopter to L.A. because L.A. traffic sucks. So it hit very close to home. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that. Kobe lived out here in Newport and would take a helicopter to the Staples Centers to play his game. Uh, not every game, all the time, but he would do that a lot. And um, definitely hit close to home here. Um I'm not a big NBA guy, and I'm actually less of a... I don't even like... Didn't like Kobe Bryant as a basketball player. But it's obviously tragic. Um, <laughs> didn't want anything like this to happen. And the, all the other families and his daughter, it's terrible. It doesn't even feel real yet, the stuff we've, we've been yeah. seeing on the news and everything. Uh, so, yeah, he will be missed. And I don't think some people say he's an NBA legend. He is <laughs> a legend. Um, so, yeah. Yep. And uh, with that, it's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. Okay, uh, keeping it short or trying to again this week. <laughs> uh, a little long. Just a couple, yeah, <laughs> couple, couple things. Uh, I might have brought this up at some point, but I guess there's another Masters of the Universe in the work that sounds like it's in development hell. Uh, movie or TV uh, series? Live action movie. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know that people are necessarily clamoring for this. <laughs> uh, I guess the, there was the new Shira stuff that isn't this, right? The new Shira um, cartoon. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, was there a new? Has there been a new He Man? Something? Nope. Well, there yeah, was. So I, I don't know. So there is an animated series that Kevin Smith's working on. Oh yeah. That's okay. What... And that's coming on Netflix, and it's being animated by the people who did the Castlevania stuff. Oh, oh, wow. shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there is that right. still coming out. But yeah, what you're talking about, I think, was a movie or something. I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you'd follow up on the perfection that was the original Dolph Lundgren. True. <laughs> I mean, how? There's no way. Yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, there was, so there's that. I just thought it was funny that that matches the universe is having a hard time getting made. Did, did you uh, see what Jacob said about the Grammys last night? Oh yeah, that's yeah. I don't know that. I think that's why. That's why I thought about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what that guy's name was, but there was a dude basically wearing uh, Prince Adam's hair, yeah, wig, yeah, Returnia. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, dying. Was he singing the four non four non blind song? <laughs> he wasn't, but he should have been. Oh man. Uh, so there's that. And uh, speaking of Castlevania, um, I watched the first episode of, I think there's only three, of the, the new Dracula, um, I, I guess you'd call it a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by the same guy, guys, who who did uh, Sherlock, 
the BBC Sherlock. Oh, okay. A Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Um, so this is uh, another take on Dracula, and there's there's been so many. Uh, I gotta say, it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, I, I can see they're borrowing cues from a lot of the stuff they did in Sherlock, um, just the way that they filmed it and um, some of the characters. Um, it just was just tedious and gory and uh, I appreciated that they were it felt like there were some nods to kind of a an older school of of gore and horror uh it felt it felt like a lot like Sam Raimi if Sam Raimi directed Dracula that's what this kind of felt like um even though there wasn't a Bruce Campbell uh <laughs> so yeah that that that's out there now I tried to start watching the second episode and Quickly decided that I'd rather be doing something else <laughs> at the time, but not a good um, thing. I'll, I'll probably I'll, I'll try to circle back around because it started off. In, second one started off in an interesting way, so I just didn't want to be in it for the long haul because those are all like mini movies. Everybody that watched the the, the Sherlock stuff, like we we talked about how mm-hmm. Mandalorian's like a half hour to forty minutes long for most of the episodes. And these are not that. These are all like full on movies, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, that's that's basically all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, all the good games are coming out in September now. Everything got delayed. <laughs> what else <coughs> got delayed? Uh, the Avengers game. Actually, oh, okay. yeah, that got delayed wow. to September, along with Cyberpunk, and there's a couple others. Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy got delayed, but not yeah. Long. So yeah, September. It's the month to be. Cyberpunk. Hook that shit to my veins. <laughs> Patience. No. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Jeff. Anything you want to go over? Uh, it's a couple things. We mentioned the uh, the Jeff Goldblum show, kind of jokingly, but I finished that. It was it was all right. I could kind of recommend it. He's just a weird guy. Yeah. I heard the whole show is just him finding about stuff that he didn't know about and then dancing. Yeah. <laughs> he does dance a lot. And just being a close talker, he'll like, mm-hmm, take his glasses off and get in someone's face. Mm, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, the more I watch it, the more Ian Malcolm is just Jeff Goldblum. Like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> you, you, really? Like, I always thought that that always was Goldblum. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't, I've never really seen him outside a character, I guess. So I, I don't know. Uh... He's a weird guy, but it, it's interesting. It makes for an interesting show, so watch it. He does um, LARPing. Then, you know, if you're, if you're uh, waiting for new games, why do that? Is I started playing Tie Fighter. <laughs> Remember that game? Yeah, the new sensation that's sweeping. Did the you world. get it on uh, Good Old Games? I got it on uh, no Steam. Yeah, oh. it's like five bucks. Oh, okay. Uh, it was fun. It it holds up kind of. Uh, for bringing back memories, if you don't know, Tie Fighter is a flight simulator game where you fly Tie Fighters, um, and it, it's just it's everything that's wonderful about Star Wars that's been ruined over the time. This one even has Thrawn in it. it was badass. I think I was the first my first introduction into him, which yeah, I forgot yeah. about. Um, I was Jeff. Yeah. Uh, it's an aside. I was in a Barnes and Noble today, and it looked like there's a new Thrawn book out. 
by Z- Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. So that series is still going, or whatever Zahn was doing is still going. Yeah, when when uh, Disney bought them, uh, they re- you know all the old books are no longer canon; they're legends. But since since then, Zahn has put out three new Thrawn books. Zahn has put out three new Thrawn <laughs> books that are now our canon. Neil yeah. before Thrawn's out. <laughs> yeah. Zahn, Neil before Thrawn. Um, but I have, I have not read them yet. I know where Chris gave me one as a gift, which I have not started, and I have one audio book. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Tie Fighter. It's it's yeah, it's old school graphics, and some of the stuff is very can. It's definitely fits in the Star Wars universe. Others it, it doesn't, but it just reminds me of playing old video games, which I I like um, the music and everything. So. Um, yeah, well, that's it for me. All right. All right. Um, before we leave, just want to mention our Patreon uh, site one more time. We're just launching it right now. It's at patreon.com slash Hans shot first. Um, we'll have a whole episode just talking about what we're going to have on there, but expect, like we mentioned, uh, more star Wars talk for me. Um, Simpsons stuff from Alex. You'll be able to vote on upcoming episodes um and you know we have three tiers but all the tiers are exactly the same you just kind of pick what you want to pay us and this we really appreciate it just helps with the hosting fees and the costs of you know maybe upgrading our equipment every once in a while so our sounds maybe get a little better yeah um but no no promises (laughs) no promises but just something out there and like i said we're we're, the main show will not change you're still gonna get one of these a week or almost every week um this will just be extra and if you want to hear us Brant and you know those won't necessarily be on guaranteed schedules but we'll definitely have some new stuff out every month probably hopefully once a week um yeah so please uh please please try our product <laughs> yeah yeah all right thanks for listening everybody we at hans shop first would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast we would love to hear from you so feel free to contact us on facebook and twitter at hans shop first also please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.